Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues. From dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out, Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. So right now we're experiencing a super polarized world, usually more often than not that gets brought into the workplace. You know, whether you want to know your coworker's opinion on something or not, you usually end up knowing. So how do you handle that in the workplace? How do you handle a coworker coming in with a completely opposite opinion of you on a current event? There's this taboo, right? We're not supposed to talk about religion and politics. That's forbidden to uh, to talk about. And whether you're talking about, uh, hey, Roe versus Wade might be overturned or the presidential election or the events of January 6th, any of those things, people get very, very passionate. I think there's actually two pieces that are important. One is, why are you even bringing it up? Like, what are you trying to accomplish by bringing it up? Are you trying to raise the blood pressure of, of the people in the room and people around you? Are you being a Karen and you just want to complain about everything? Or do you really want to have a real conversation? I might even go out on a limb and say, you're at work. How is it benefiting the goals of the organization? I mean, the fact of the matter is we don't know how to have discourse. We don't know how to have dialogue. We don't know how to disagree without being disagreeable. And I don't think that it has as much to do with the polarization on a topic as the fact that we don't really know how to talk with one another unless we can all nod our head and say, yes, I'm with you. And, and I think that's a disease inside of an organization. Yeah. And, and, and I think it goes further than the organization. I think culturally, it does. There is a piece that is, um, you know, we, we argue about different things. I think we, we just had a trip and we, right. We were gone for 10 days. Yep, and I will yep. tell you, we were flying and Tammy probably knows there was, there was a day I could not get comfortable. It was a long flight. And I think if I would have just let it go, I probably would have punched the person next to me in the throat. Like, <laughs> Wait I, a minute. I, no, I was next to you. Hold on. The other side. Well, and the person in front of me thought it was completely appropriate. Like, to lean their chair all the way back. And it's those places where we go to battle versus go to discuss. Truly, if you think about it, think about the family that you grew up in. How many of us grew up in a household where our parents could actually have a conversation and come out the other side without screaming, yelling, someone running the other way, slamming a door, or we're not gonna talk to each other, right? I didn't grow up in a household where my parents figured out how to disagree and get past it. Okay. So yeah, while it wasn't violent, it wasn't a great example. Then you kind of come into the workplace, which is the next place that you start learning stuff, right? Like that. And reality is, is came into the workplace and you never disagreed with your boss. When I came to the workplace, it was, yes, sir. You tell me what to do, sir. Anything you say, sir. I mean, you weren't supposed to express a different opinion. You were supposed to get along, right? Then you look in the in the political arena today, and the world has changed. We've gone to this other side 
where it's like, hey, and you're going to scream and you're going to yell and you're going to call people names and you're going to say that they're not smart. They don't know what they're talking about, all because they have a difference of opinion. Where do we learn this methodology to be able to have a conversation, disagree without being disagreeable? How do we learn how to have dialogue where we can actually talk about, here's what I see. What do you see? Why do you see it that way? That doesn't quite make sense to me. Have you thought about all without thinking the other person's an idiot? We don't have any role models. At least I had very few role models. And Scott, it took me, I'm not kidding, years to learn. When I say years, I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about 10, 15 to practice the skill set, to get to the place where I very seldom rise to the bait of someone who's trying to get me in an argument. There's a speaker, Matt Booth, who always tells the story. And his one of his phrases or taglines is, is tell me something good. And I love how he tells the story of, in general, everything around us is relatively negative. Yeah. You think that, you know, drama TV shows are are negative, the news generally kind of negative. And, and in some cases, some of that is sensationalized. Well, that's what we're looking for, right? That's 24 yeah. seven news. You can't talk about the fire in that in that home or in that apartment complex for 24 hours without like adding something to it. So I'm on the edge of my seat ready to listen some more, yeah. right? And I, and I can even remember um, Beth and I talking about um, after 9-11, mm-hmm. there was a point where we just said, we just have to turn the TV off. That's what we did too. Because it, we could feel it, how it, the emotional drain that that was having. If you are not purposeful, in not taking the bait. And honestly, I think of there are some people who I have worked with that really could not have a conversation. I would just avoid them. Like, I don't even want to be around them. I think a lot of folks feel that way and they end up feeling that way, unfortunately, simply because now someone has another opinion and that person won't shut up about it, right? In that spot. And the person who has that opinion that's different from you, it's so foolish for the world to be divided on politics. There's a whole bunch of stuff we just don't need to be divided about. So avoiding someone in the workplace, I'm not sure, Scott, that that gets us there. Oh, it absolutely doesn't. What are tactics to move through this? Because we could put rules, but that's not that's addressing a symptom. Right. And And we we, we could just say, hey, we're only going to hire people who have the same opinions of me. (laughs) <laughs> well, you could, but that's going to be hard in today's world. Right. Well, now you're not really embracing the full definition of a diverse workforce. Absolutely right? not. Diversity in, of, of thought and perspective and education and plus race and gender and all the other stuff. And avoiding them means now you're saying, I don't, I'm only going to work with people that I agree with. Right. Okay. Yeah. All of those are, we're just covering up a symptom mm-hmm. and we're not really addressing. So what are tactics? to get through this. I actually believe this topic, which (laughs) is like, Courtney, don't ask us this question yet. 
right? (laughs) And part of it is when I started to have to turn off the television, and I have always been a person deeply into politics and kind of loved watching the byplay and and understanding all of that. And there came a time in, in my career that I had to turn off the television. And in some ways, I feel ignorant because I've turned off the television. And I had to do that for me, just like you you and Beth did that at 9-11. I've had to do that for me. I don't have the perfect answer. What I do have is this. This is such an important issue that I really do believe one of the most critical things an organization can do right now is teach this particular skill set of dialogue, teaching the skill set of saying yes and teaching the skill set of saying, help me understand your perspective. The entire arena around instead of having my head tell you what's wrong, having my head say, I truly do want to understand your perspective and where it comes from. And put that little voice that's screaming they're wrong, kick it out and try to find out where they're coming from. That is such a difficult thing to do on some of these polarized topics. It's such a difficult thing to do because of this kind of thing that we allow to come in that says, when you don't agree with me, I get to look at you or say things or have you know, behavior written all over my face, my body that says, you're wrong, you're an idiot. And I actually think we need to go into the workplace and say, it's not okay. We need to practice this. Let's go ahead and practice and practice and practice and practice and work at it and work at it and work at it until you get to the point where you and I can stand on total opposite sides and still think one another is a really smart, capable, great human being. And I think it, I think there's a couple things that we have to remind folks that there is a tremendous benefit to being able to have a real conversation. I can understand the bigger perspective. We can actually move the organization or move the team forward in much bigger ways than we could have if we didn't have those real conversations. Do you know, Scott, you're going to have to help me with the justices' names, okay? But um, Ginsburg and the justice that passed away prior to her. Do you remember his name? So he was right wing. Okay. And very, very right wing. And Ginsburg was left. Right. She saw. Scalia. Scalia. Thank you. It was like, I can't say his name right now. So Ginsburg and Scalia, they were like opposite ends of the spectrum. And almost always when they brought, you know, something out, they were on, they literally, one or the other of them wrote it. And it was like, they just, they never saw a concept that the Supreme Court was looking at from the same perspective. And they were best friends. And I always was like, wow, these two people see the world so, so, so differently the way and their thought patterns of how they come to the came to these decisions, right, is always based on a different set of criteria. And yet they hung out, they went to the opera, they had so much in common in other places. 
and they deeply cared about one another. And Scantlinga died first. And Ginsburg talked about that relationship, but even before either one of them passed, they talked about the fact that they were friends, even though they disagreed on almost everything that they looked at. I know there's a way to do it. I've had really deep friendships with people who saw the world very differently than I am. I know there's a way to do it. And I think that should be the value set we bring into an organization that we are going to communicate in a way that we can disagree without being disagreeable and hold people accountable to that about every topic. And it's the way we communicate it. It's not the disagreement. It's the way we communicate it. And that's what we have to have to point at. One of my all time favorite books, leadership and self-deception. If you have not read that, Read Fantastic. it. I also can't really explain it to you. And when you read the book, you'll understand why. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. There are some great messages in there that talks about what's going on in your head. In my mind, it, there's a piece of this that is self-awareness, right? How are you feeling and why are you feeling that way? And are you really listening and what's right about their perspective and what's not right about their perspective? There's also an element of... Like, why are you debating this topic? And sometimes it's like, oh, I found another intellectual person and I'm an intellectual person and I want to, I just want to debate to learn and expand my knowledge. Cool. Awesome. I want to debate because there's something better we could do for our customers or for a patient or, you know, for a member of our association or whatever that is. Well, that sounds like an awesome thing to debate. In my mind, One of the primary gaps, I think, too, really, is this low self-awareness. Yes. And the second one is you both believe you're not after the same thing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at that second one because if we were just to play politics right now. Yeah. One of the things that I fully, fully understand is that most of the time, whatever person is sitting in the presidential seat really, really, really wants what's best for this country. Mm -hmm. And they just have, if the next person comes in and sits in that seat and they're not from the same political party, they just have very different perspectives of what's best for this country and how to get there. And I think it's really interesting that we we have people who are screaming that this person doesn't want what's best for the country. They actually do, I think. And so your perspective on that is so dead on. Yeah. It's like, I disagree with their methodologies. Yeah. But and, why? And, yeah. I don't need to disagree with their intent. And that's the thing is like, we go to the, to what is your intent versus no, let's back up. And what are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to accomplish what's best for the customer. We're trying to accomplish what's best for that individual, the patient, your your child, the country, whatever that is. Now let's talk about the how. Scott, I'm sorry. That was brilliant. Um, I'm a little slow this morning on the uptake, but I have to say you're absolutely right. (laughs) <laughs> we get, we which get, I hate admitting. <laughs> I know it's okay. You get. You'll, I know you're getting used to it. <laughs> How many years have I? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> but no, you're right. Yeah. It is this piece. I, I'm so glad that you like put that together in that moment because 
we are arguing about the wrong thing and we're going to the wrong place. We're making a logic leap because they don't agree with me. They have negative intentions. Wow, Scott, that. And it really is. If we can just slow down and say, and just, no, hold on. Let's go back and say, what are we trying to accomplish? It goes back to what we talk about in problem solving. Do we agree there is a problem? Yes. Okay. If we agree there is a problem, now we have to agree on what the problem is. The real thing. Yeah. Then we can go into, we have to agree on, do we even want to solve it? Then, because sometimes we're going to be like, I don't I really don't care. Okay. I'm <laughs> over here pouring out my heart. Like, you know, we got to teach this. We got it right. All this stuff. I have this big old plan. We're going to spend gazillions of dollars teaching people how to have dialogue. And you're like, eh, just use the A3. Just use logic. <laughs> we don't need any of that people crap. <laughs> oh, people in process. And maybe process is going to win this one, Scott. Maybe yeah. I'm actually going to be like, you go for it. Well, and the real, you do need, you do need the people stuff and the process stuff. Well, and the people in that is the self-awareness. And by the way, if you kind of go back to what I said before, it took me a long time. It wasn't, I was a long time about other people. It was a long time about me, self-awareness. I had to grow into that. It, I wasn't self-aware. I ran away from conflict until I couldn't stand it anymore. And then I would blow. And I had to literally kind of figure out why, right? And then once I had my why, I could move forward. So your self-awareness piece is right. And that oh, is, absolutely. Yeah. That is the people side of that. And it's so funny because you want to say they need to do it differently when in reality, you, me, I need to do it differently. And in that spot, when you figure out that you can actually be in control of you, then that makes it easier. So you are so right about the self-awareness piece. And again, I hate to admit this, you are absolutely so right about this spot that says we're fighting about the wrong thing. Do we have a problem? Do we want to do anything about it? Really good questions to start with. Yeah, sorry. You're brilliant this morning as much as I am not going to say that very often in a podcast. I think maybe you got me this morning. It's all good. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.